welcome to the Dear Writer podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Ashley. We're two aspiring collaborative authors sharing our writing journey with you. The ups, the downs, and everything in between. Whether you're just starting out or a more experienced writer, we hope that you'll find this podcast inspiring and thought-provoking. And here's the show. Welcome back to Dear Writer, everyone. Today we are recording episode 134, which is another one of our Author Spotlight episodes. And we have Pamela S. Thibodeau with us today. So welcome, Pamela. Thank you for having me. So Pamela is an award-winning author and has published both fiction and non-fiction books. Her contemporary romance fiction novels feature flawed, true-to-life characters and have Pamela's Christian faith and hope interwoven into the narratives, while Pamela's non-fiction writing features her faith and spiritual journey. Pamela's goals are to continue to write and share stories that inspire and entertain, as well as glorifying God. So nice to have you on the show, Pamela. Well, once again, thank you for having me. I look forward to visiting with y'all today. So how we like to get started with these episodes is by asking how you first began your writing journey and when you decided to start pursuing publication and thinking about sharing your writing with the world. Well, my youngest child just turned 40 and I started writing when I was pregnant with her. I'm not sure if it was hormones or if I was just fed up with reading books that I was dissatisfied with and thought I could do better, which turns out that's a bit (laughs) arrogant, you know, but that's what got me started. And I wrote for 11 years in five subject notebooks. I mean, I just, I just wrote and wrote and wrote. Then I got my first word processor and I started looking for publication at that time. I got actually got published. So I started writing in 1982, and my first publication for a novel was in 2000, an ebook. Oh, that's exciting! And yeah, when you say got your first word processor, like I remember for my family when I was very young, that like it was a big deal when we got our first like home computer. So I'm guessing that mm-hmm. was kind of around that time for you as well that would have been a very exciting thing to write sort of move into actually writing on the computer yeah I had a a word processor for for several years before I actually got my first computer I got my my uh, word processor probably about 1996 or 7 and I didn't get a computer till 2000 but back then when you sent off a a manuscript, you could still mail it. But by the time I got a computer, it had all converted over to email only. But for a while, you could still do both. And so I would ship it, you know, I would mail it off, mail off my Mm -hmm. um, proposals or whatever. No, sorry, I was just going to ask if, you know, clearly you'd been doing quite a lot of writing before, uh, in between uh, sending off your first manuscript. So did you have like a certain manuscript that was like your baby that you were like this is the one that I'm going to send off first or did you kind of just randomly choose one how did that look for you actually I did I had a a story uh it's my novel my women's fiction novel circles of fate which is available now uh everywhere that was my favorite but when I actually started pitching I had a series that was what I pitched and that's what they the first publisher accepted. It was Writers Exchange e-publishing out of Australia. 
and I hadn't really gotten Circles of Fate all ready to go as far as for being in format and stuff like that. So I wasn't, I kind of got scared, I guess, and put it aside and just started working on the series because everybody that read them, the pre-readers or whatever, oh, I love this, I love this. So I said, well, let me just start with that because it was smaller. Circles of Fate (laughs) is a very long novel. It's a saga and it covers 20 years in the main characters' lives and how they get thrown together and torn apart by fate and lots of twists and turns and things like that in the plot and people that come together that that li- whose lives will be forever entwined it's kind of in the tagline you know but yeah that that was my favorite and then i wrote uh the visionary which is actually set in my hometown on property that once belonged in my family so that one was pretty exciting to write So you mentioned before that you began by filling up those workbooks with your writing. What's your process like now for writing? Are you a plotter or a pantser or Um, somewhere in between? No, I'm definitely 100% a pantser. Sometimes I still write by hand, especially if I feel like I can't get into the groove. I'll print out a few pages Mm -hmm. and pick up a notebook and I'll go write by hand. Um, everybody tells you that's one of the best things to do if you feel stuck is to get away from the computer or if you write by hand to get on the computer, you know, and so it just depends on where the story's at and how I'm feeling about it. But sometimes I just feel better to go sit. It's easier to write in a notebook than it is to face the glare on the computer if you want to go outside. So <laughs> I do write by hand quite a bit, not as much as I used to, but, um, I, I compose, it's kind of a mixture, just depends on how the story's going, but I'm definitely a pantser. I know nothing when I get started, except it'll have a happy ever after ending. <laughs> Good to know. I love happy, happily ever after endings. It's always nice. Of course. Of yeah, course. that's what everyone wants. Life's too short and full of enough sadness to not have them in your books. <laughs> We're, we're, we're working on that for ours in the end. But <laughs> the, the series are not necessarily, but yeah, I'm like, oh, right. I'm looking forward to like finally getting towards the end of our series and being able to write that happily ever after. Well, what, what I've found is with my series is there's always another book to be, to be told, another story to be told. Uh, my Tempered series was actually, Tempered Hearts was the first to be published in 2000 by Writers Exchange ePublishing. And then in the next year, she published Tempered Dreams, which is book two. And now there's actually five books, a spinoff short story, and I have the, an idea for another book. So I don't think you ever really <laughs> get totally out of the series because somebody always says, well, are you going to do something with such and such and so and so? So I think this last one may kind of wrap up any loose ends. And they're not really loose ends, but they'll answer some questions about, you know, what happened after that? You know, did so-and-so end up with such-and-such or did they find somebody else or did so-and-so find somebody else? So, yeah. And it'll what it's going to actually do is it's going to link my, I have a novel called My Heart Weeps that's set in Utopia, Texas where the Tempered series is set in Bandera, Texas, which they're about 30, 40 miles apart, maybe not quite that far, 20 miles apart. And what I was going to do is I'm going to link the, one of the characters, the secondary characters in My Heart Weeps, is going to meet a widower 
that's in the Tempered series and they will connect and that'll connect the books. And I can answer, you know, cause I've had somebody say about my heart weeps. Well, I want more. I want to know what happened afterwards. Well, you know what happened afterwards. It ended happy ever after, you know, but or happy for now. And so this way I can, <laughs> I can kind of feel in those places. Well, did, well, did this one end up with so-and-so or did she find somebody else or whatever? So I can just kind of answer those few questions and say, okay, enough. But then they've all got children, so I could have a whole other tempered bunch of books with all them kids. (laughs) I love the heavy for now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's so true to life, isn't it? It's like you think you've got everything sorted and then it's, you know, something else crops up. So all it takes is one reader to ask you a question and the wheels start turning. So. There you go. Yeah. Right. That's for sure. So with having started your writing journey a little while ago, I'm sure your writing grew with you during your different seasons of life in terms of like raising your kids and all of that. And I'm just wondering like how how is it looking like now in terms of like trying to fit your writing into your current life and also, like, how did you find it going through that and with things changing in terms of allowing yourself time to write and allowing yourself time to develop as a writer? Well, as as I wrote earlier in my career, I did have children at home and a husband and a family and all that. I wrote early in the mornings or weekends were my, my main times to write because I had a full-time job and then being a, a wife and a mother and a house you know, keeper and all that and working outside. So I just squeezed it in as much as possible. I wrote every day, pretty much every day, six, seven days a week. But I really wrote mostly early in the mornings because I, my husband would leave way early to go to work. And then I had like an hour or so before it was time to get the children up and for me to get ready for work. So it gave me a good block of time to write. Now I'm in the grandmother retired stage. So I write when I want to. I'm not working on it. I'm working on a lot of little things. I have a lot of things, little irons in the fire. So it just depends on what mood I'm in. I'll work on one or the other. Like I said, I'm uploading Circles of Fate with a new cover. So that's mm-hmm. taking a little bit of time. I have a novel and a collection of short stories that I just got back from a publisher. I got all my rights back. So I'm editing those and revising those. I'm going to be putting those up later throughout the year. And then I have some other things that I'm working on. And I'm working on some nonfiction projects too. One that's finished, I'm looking for an agent. And another that I just started the other day. That's exciting. So many projects on the horizon. Uh, lots of Must them. keep you always, very busy. <laughs> always arms in the fire. And then I write for a local publication here. And I do a blog post for an insurance company every month. So I have some steady, steady gigs. But then the rest of it just kind of goes, comes and goes as I feel like it. Do you find with having, with writing the nonfiction and then having the fiction that it's like having a couple of different hats that you can put on or do you find it easy to switch between the two or do you like to kind of sit with one project a bit more and then? Well, that just depends on, again, what kind of mood I'm in. Some days I get up and my mind is really fixated on the nonfiction project and I'll roll with that for a day, two or three days, however long it takes. And then I'll just like, it's not, it's not really writer's block. It's just I don't want to, I don't want to fool with it right now. I just don't feel it. 
So then I'll yeah, go yeah. to something else. So it just depends on, you know, what I feel like when I get up in the morning, which one I feel like working on. Mm-hmm. And I'm really taking some time to work slowly and steadily and not not be under so much pressure. Like when I was raising kids and married and all that, you know, you had to you had to produce, had to produce, had to get it out. But now that I'm at a and you know, I'm widow and all of that, so it just I'm just not putting myself under that kind of pressure to just produce, produce, produce. I want to enjoy it more than I did. And I enjoyed it, but I would get so tired, you know, from juggling so many, so many things that I would take, you know, a couple months off between projects. And right now I don't want to have to do that. I just want to enjoy the process and get them done when I get them done and get them out when I get them out. And here you go. You like it? Good. (laughs) You don't? I'm sorry. (laughs) This is me. I love that. This is who I am and where I'm at in my life right now. <laughs> I think it's a nice way to do it, you know, like switching when you, you feel, you know, happy to switch and like just working with what you feel is right. going to be productive in that particular day. Like I know some people who work with like maybe nonfiction in the morning and then fiction in the afternoon and like different ways of switching things up. So I just found that kind of interesting writing both. It's just interesting to hear like that kind of side of it and how you manage the different styles of writing together. Right. And another thing, you know, I edit for other people. So if I'm editing a fiction book, I don't necessarily want to get into my fiction book because I don't want to impose my style or my voice on the book that I'm editing. And with nonfiction, it's a lot easier because you're not as tempted. Nonfiction's like a cleaner. You still have to edit and make sure everything flows, but it's cleaner because you're, nonfiction doesn't have the same type of voice that a fiction book has, a voice and style. And you don't want to ever impose on the author's voice and style mm-hmm. so it just it may, depends to what I'm doing elsewhere if I'm doing a lot of nonfiction, then I'll I'll work on my nonfiction more or I'll work on the fiction just to get away from the tediousness you know the, <laughs> yeah. the stringency of the nonfiction because nonfiction has to be accurate you know if you have to check check uh, anything or scriptures or things like that or if you're you're getting real technical with the, with the editing real deep, real tight, whatever, then, then you want to be creative. You want to be able to just let it flow. So it just depends on what's going on in my life at the moment. So that's how, that's how I roll. And I'm not, I'm not every author. There's some authors that, I mean, it's a business if you want it to be a business and you have to work at it, but I'm not (laughs) in a position where I'm counting on that royalty income to make my living so I just I yeah. want it to be more it's still a business and I still have plenty of business expenses but I want to enjoy it more than count on it you know yeah mm-hmm. totally understand that I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about your publishing journey and maybe how you have seen or or if you have seen the industry change since you first got published to to now Oh, yes, have I seen it change. Like I said, I started writing a long time ago. So when I first started submitting, you could send the full manuscript or the first three chapters in printed. You printed it out and mailed it off. 
by the time I got my computer in 2000, it was starting to slowly evolve to where it was strictly email submissions. So that's a big change. Ebooks are huge compared to when I first started. My Tempered Hearts was first published as an ebook, and so was Tempered Dreams. And the publisher that did those didn't have the print on demand or anything at that time. So I went and had took the files to a local printing shop and had the you know the paperback copies done. So I was buying three and four and five hundred books at a time. And, you know, doing book signings, you could take your books into the local bookstores. You didn't have to warehouse them and things like that. You can't do that anymore. So that's been a big change for authors because it makes it more difficult. If you can't bring your books in to sell, if they have to order 10 copies or whatever, a lot of them won't order them because you don't take returns. And if you take returns, it eats up your profit. It's just, it is, it's, not as easy for self-published, independently published authors to get their books in the stores. So that's been a, a, a challenge, but it has changed a lot because of the ebooks and the submission process. Some publishers have their own uh, even submission programming where it's not just email it, you know, with an attachment anymore because of all the virus and stuff. So it's, it's changed quite a bit. It's gotten pretty difficult, too, for, you know, some authors to get with agents. And mo a lot of publishers still just want agent and su submissions, especially in the nonfiction. And it's like, good Lord, that takes forever to find an agent, you know, and then mm. another forever pit for them to pitch it and it to get picked up and then another forever for it to get published. And that's why there's so much <laughs> independent publishing is because, you know, you write a book now. If you self, you independently publish it, you can get it out within a few months. Or if you go the agent and the publishing route, you're looking at two to three years. Well, by the time you get your edits back, you're like, I'm done with this. I don't even know what you're talking about anymore. You've moved on. <laughs> well, I guess it depends on your topic for nonfiction too, because that I would imagine that like certain things would become, you know, like things are updating and new things happening all the time mm -hmm. so depending on what right. field you're working in by the time you get an agent and get published it could be totally irrelevant right and that's this so, same yeah. with fiction it's the same with fiction too because when i wrote like i wrote the visionary i wrote it and and started pitching it and had an agent in in 2003 i got an agent in 2008 or 9 and he was pitching it all that time well our contract had ended when I finally got the offer from, it was published by Five Star for their women's fiction line. And then by the time they got it, so much had changed around here. We'd had major hurricanes in our area. All kind of stuff had changed. So I had to update, had to update that book, you know, and then, then their women's fiction line ended. My book was the last, one of the last ones before they shut the line down. So that was a different, and that was a fiction project, you know, so still. And then I have another one that I recently got the rights back, but a few years ago, it the publisher, up we updated it. And when it was originally published, this is, I'm talking about The Inheritance, when it was originally published, she printed out directions from Google Maps. I mean, from Google online or MapQuest or whatever, she printed out directions and had the papers. Oh, yeah. 
Well, when we updated, it was phone and GPS and, you know, cell phone and GPS and all that kind of stuff. So it just depends on it. That can happen with fiction projects too. Like even with circles of fate, when I first wrote it years and years ago, she had an answer machine and she was trying to get the message off the answer machine. and, And it was, you know, well, then when I actually got ready to publish it, I went through it and I had I had her actually answer the phone because caller ID and all that kind of stuff. She would have known who was calling where with the answer machine right. back then, you you know, when I wrote it, you didn't have all that, you know. So, yeah, fiction and nonfiction, depending on when you actually write the rough draft and you actually get it published, there can be quite a bit of updating to do. That's a very good point. <laughs> Makes me start thinking about ours. Like, is there anything? I think we've managed to mainly update ours just as we've gone. But yeah, right. definitely, you know, like when you're writing something over a longer period of time, like it's, it's good to consider that. And right. I think, you know, even the way that politics shifts and changes sometimes can, the way your book's received can, can alter over time as well. Right. And, you know, some authors, they're, you know, when they're writing in their spare time, again, if they've got families and children and are caretakers for their parents or whatever their life situation may be, it may take an author two or three years to write a book. Well, by the time you get ready to write it, so much has changed. You, When you start, if you're going to pitch it to an agent, you need to make sure that it's up to date for the time period you're writing in. Now, if you're writing a Regency or whatever, you don't have to worry about those things, but with the iPhones and the iPads and the Kindles and the, I mean, my goodness, people don't just pick up a book and read it anymore. <laughs> you know, they read them on their phone. I mean, I'm, I do the same thing. You read it on your phone. If you don't have a Kindle, you read it on your phone or your computer. If you have an iPad or a Kindle then or a Nook or whatever. So you got to make sure that book is accurate to the time period for which it's written. Yeah. So. I was wondering if you've mentioned a lot of different titles and briefly hinted at a number of the books that you've written. I wonder if you could tell us a bit more about your latest book, um, Kylie's Cowboy. It is set in the Texas Hill Country. I absolutely adore the Texas Hill Country. One of the main reasons, there's two main reasons that I'm not living there. One of them is my children and grandchildren are here. So (laughs) Bandera is my favorite. That's my happy place. But It's set outside of Fredericksburg in the Texas Hill Country, and Kylie has been a widow for several years. She and her daughter and son-in-law renovated their vacation property and turned it to a small B&B with horseback rides and, and things like that. And Lance, the hero, has been a wandering cowboy for years. After he got out of the service, he just started kind of rambling and wandering looking for a place that calls to the soul. And then when he drives into the Silver Star Ranch, he finds it. And having a beautiful boss makes it nicer for him also. <laughs> so got a little tension there because she's a widow. He hasn't, you know, really wanted to settle down for a long time. But, you know, God has his plans and we have ours. And sometimes they work out just fine. And sometimes there's a little tension there but they end up working out anyway (laughs) because Kylie discovers that there's a deeper reason for the ranch and it's, it's going to be a place of healing for people. There's a healing energy on the ranch and and things like that. So 
That's really cool. It's available in ebook and in print, and it's scheduled to be recorded for audio this this fall. It must be exciting. Are all your books available in audio, or you have you recently started that, or not all of them? Circles of Fate isn't in audio yet, and then Kylie's Cowboy isn't, and then I have the inheritance and the collection of short stories, which I, like I said earlier, I got the rights back from the publishing company and I'm redoing mm-hmm. those. And those will be up for audio later also. It's exciting developments. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I've got a wonderful narrator. So I really enjoy listening when she, when she does the job and I'm doing the record, you know, checking the edits and all that. It, it amazes me that, God would use me to write something so profound in many instances. Sometimes, because, because all of my stories have a deeper subject matter. They're not just a romance or just a women's fiction. There's usually a lot of spiritual growth and personal growth with the characters. So to have the narrator be able to get that across in a, an emotional way like an actor or an actress would do on the screen is, is amazes me. It always amazes me. So I enjoy it. Yeah. I think that would be quite satisfying. Like hearing someone read your book and you'd be like, Oh, did I write that? (laughs) Did that come through me? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I went to a writer's conference last weekend and they're talking about how all these, a lot of people are using AI and, the, you know, you just record yeah. your voice and it reads it all in your voice. And I'm like, I don't know. To me, there just can't be enough emotion in a, you know, artificial intelligence. But, hey, I don't know. I haven't listened to any, so I'm not sure how that works. They're getting better all the time. Sometimes it's hard to actually tell sometimes these days. Like Google, yeah. for example, Google Books, you can, anyone can translate their ebooks into narrated AI versions you can choose there's like a bunch of different voices that you can choose from and it'll start like you can listen to it like read your book kind of thing it's not too bad I mean it's not perfect and you know there's I think there's always going to be a place for you know actual narrators because that yeah you do get a lot more of the emotion through I think and I think it can be more like more artistic flair I think through Mm -hmm. like a narrator whereas Yeah, like you still don't have the same depth, I don't think, like you like you said, with AI, but it is developing. It's a bit scary. <laughs> bit scary, bit exciting, bit of, bit of everything, I guess. Just technology moves on. So we briefly discussed how you had a lot of projects underway by the sounds. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the projects that you currently have on the horizon? Anything releasing soon or? No. The thing that will release the soonest will be the the revised version of The Inheritance. I plan on getting that Mm -hmm. out in the next couple of months. And everything's in the early stages of development. I am looking for an agent for my nonfiction project. It's something that's very different. It's, there's nothing like it on the market. I mean, there's a lot of similar things, but not the exact subject that I'm talking about. So... We'll see how that goes, but fiction-wise, it'll be getting the inheritance back out, and then the collection of short stories that I got the back from the publisher. I've broken it down into two collections. One is going to be a hint of romance, 
and the other one's going to be a hint of holiday romance. So I'll have all holiday stories. Yeah. And they're not just, just Christmas, but there's like New Year's and Valentine's and Christmas and Easter and, you know, Mother's Day, Father's Day, Fourth of July, Halloween. There'll be all holiday bunch of holiday stories in there and then the other one's just going to be a bunch of romance stories so there'll be probably novella size they're not going to be more than about 40 or fifty thousand words each but i'll get those out and then in the meantime i'm working on some other stuff i have a series that i'm working on um, titled women of the nice circle and they are it's they're very spiritual it's going to be a supernatural fiction series they're they're prayer warriors and healing women that have in the healing arts and things like that. So I'm excited about it. Just different, lots of different things. <laughs> yeah, like it keeps you busy. Yeah, very much so. But I've been taking a lot of time for my own spiritual growth and all. So hoping the books will have a, a different level of depth to them because of that. That's good. It's important to take time for yourself as well. So hopefully yeah. I'm sure it will be reflected in your novels. I hope so. <laughs> That's the goal. Anyway, so we're kind of coming to the end of our time. I just want to check if there's anything else you wanted to talk about that we hadn't covered yet. Not really. I thank you very much for having me. It's, it's always exciting for an author to be able to get the information out on their series, you know, or their books to a different audience. And uh, I applaud y'all for what you're doing because uh, I am not happy with the cameras. <laughs> the camera and I are not, <laughs> my, the camera's not my favorite friends. I don't mind doing them, but I'm like, I have no clue where to even start to do what y'all do. So I think it's amazing and I thank you and I applaud you for it. Oh, I totally understand that. I mean, I've <laughs> tried doing TikToks and like, you know, stuff on Instagram with cameras and I'm more of a still photo person myself right. and obviously the podcast you know I'll put something out here and there but I'm never quite that comfortable with it <laughs> yeah anyway uh, you know you hear all of this about I feel you there. TikTok and all that and then I, again at that writers conference they said now think about your audience because you know if you write women's fiction they're probably not on there if you write young adult or you write you know, new adult or whatever, fantasy, things like that, paranormal, that's your, your audience is on TikTok. And I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> that. <laughs> now, that's not saying that there's no audience, you know, there's not saying yeah. there's no adult readers on there because I see different things all the time, but I'm like, that's just not my cup of tea at all. <laughs> So hopefully yeah, I won't totally have to understand that. I haven't vibed with the whole TikTok thing myself right. very much. <laughs> I keep trying every now and then, and then it's it's something that we need to try and explore yeah, more. But it's definitely. always a challenge. The social media. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. So, how can people find your books and get in touch with you if they would like to know more about you or purchase your books? My books are available on Amazon. They're also available through Ingram Spark. If somebody wants to, you know, like a library or whatever wants to order through Ingram Spark, they're available through Draft to Digital, in Co which distributes to all the Kobo and I don't know, all those ebook places that I have no clue. There's so many, 
but they are available. <laughs> there is <laughs> borrow box, like all the the library ones and the right, other, right. Yeah, we we were on draft to digital for a bit. We've pulled back a little bit, but totally know their setup and there's so many options there. <laughs> yeah, they are, and they're available every just about every platform. And like I said earlier, mm-hmm. uh, many of them are available in audiobook also. And to reach me, it's uh, my website is PamelaThibodeau.com. And my email is Pam at PamelaThibodeau.com. That's P-A-M-E-L-A-T-H-I-B-O-D-E-A-U-X. PamelaThibodeau.com. All one word. Excellent. I was going to get you to spell it because I was like. (laughs) (laughs) Right. that's good. when I uh, first started, when I got my first website, it was set up under PamelaThibodeau.com. And then when I got published, because, you know, you get your web presence going first. I got published and I put the S. The S is my middle, my middle. it's not my middle initial, it's my maiden name initial for my maiden name. And uh, I said, well, I'm not going and changing that website because I'd had the website for a couple years before. <laughs> Before I, um, so it's Pamela Thibodeau, but I write under Pamela S as in Sonia Thibodeau mm-hmm. or S as in Sam, but my maiden name is Sonia, which is another French, French name from Louisiana. <laughs> Anyways, I'd like to just thank you again, Pamela, for coming on the show and sharing your writing journey with us and talking about, you know, how publishing has changed since you started and going through all of your different fiction and nonfiction projects. So thank you very much. Well, thank you very much. Also, I appreciate y'all for having me on the show. I wish you the best of luck and God's blessings in all that you do. And one piece of advice that I give all writers, and I'm going to give it to you, is don't quit. You know, if you just stay flexible, stay teachable and keep on keeping on. Some very good advice. And again, thank you so much. We just love having authors on the show. And it's always interesting to hear the different stories. We always take something different every single time. So thank you. Thank you both. So if you'd like to be on an author spotlight section, just like Pamela has, uh, you can head on over to our website, lindasoncreations.com and hover your mouse over the podcast tab and there'll be a link to apply. Next time on Dear Writer, we have another one of our craft episodes. Uh, So tune in with that. If you'd like to know any more about us or any of our writing projects, you can visit us at lindasoncreations.com or get in contact with us on Facebook or Instagram under the handle lindasoncreations. If you enjoy the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your podcatcher of choice and we'll be back next week. Happy writing, everyone.